Good morning, and welcome to Obreeders Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, December 20th, 2016. Today we are reading from the Big Book, the forward to the fourth edition, and we are on page XXIII, the second paragraph. Today's readers are on the 12 steps, Stacey K., 12 traditions, Anita L., Reading the text, Lisa H., Deanna B., and Martha Z. The reference number from Monday, December 19th, is 9369. That's 9369. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Stacey Kay to read the 12 steps. Stacy, star one to unmute, please. Sorry about that. This is Stacy okay. Kay, compulsive overeater in Colorado. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Stacy. I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from Philadelphia, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. 
Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, (coughs) sorry, seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are in the forward to the fourth edition on page XXIII, the second paragraph. And I will ask Lisa H. to begin reading, and she will be reading two paragraphs. Um, and we will focus our comments on the second paragraph. Go ahead, Good Lisa. morning. Um, thank you. This is Lisa H. Uh, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Literature has played a major role in AA's growth, and a striking phenomenon of the past quarter century has been the explosion of translations of our basic literature into many languages and dialects. In country after country, where the AA seed was planted, it has taken root, slowly at first, then growing by leaps and bounds when literature has become available. Currently, Alcoholics Anonymous has been translated into 43 languages. 
As the message of recovery has reached large numbers of people, it has also touched the lives of a vastly greater variety of suffering alcoholics. When the phrase, we are people who normally would not mix, page 17 of this book, was written in 1939, it referred to a fellowship composed largely of men and a few women with quite similar social, ethnic, and economic backgrounds. Like so much of AA's basic text, those words have proved to be far more visionary than the founding members could ever have imagined. The stories added to this edition represent a membership whose characteristics of age, gender, race, and culture have widened and have deepened to encompass virtually everyone the first hundred members could have hoped to reach. Um, good morning. Again, Lisa H. calling from Tennessee. Um, I love that. Of course, that phrase that, that we often talk about, um, we are people who would not, who normally would not mix. Um, and, and it's interesting, um, in, the early, in the early days of AA, um, I think it was predominantly men. And, and, of course, of the same, essentially of the same race and ethnic background and economic background. Um, and of course, as we move forward and to, to where we are today, we are so diverse. Um, we're so in age and gender and eth- ethnicity and economic background and, and then where we live. Um, but, we, but we're more the same, I think, than we are different. Um, we are imperfect human beings. We're all imperfect human beings. And we are all beloved children of a higher power. Um, and we, we are um, people um, who are suffering or who have suffered from compulsive overeating. Um, and that makes us uh, kindred spirits, if you will, um, especially here on A Vision for You. We don't see each other. And yet I can talk to people from all over the country of different ages, different races, and, and immediately identify uh, with their lives. Um, and we have probably grown up in different places, but um, again, there's that common thread. Um, for me, that, that double whammy, if you will, um, the obsession of the body or the, the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. Um, and together, um, there's something, you know, there's just strength in numbers. And, and here we see, um, just as we're seeing in, in A Vision for You, just since I've been here in the last two years, um, an explosion of numbers of people um, because of you all, because of this group of sharing this message, of coming back day after day to help those that are suffering. Um, I, I mean, I, I've had the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous sitting on my bookshelf my entire married life. That's over 25 years now. And, and, and I think often when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Um, and that's how, that's how OA has been for me. That's how this big book has been for me. This, that's how Vision for You has been for me. Um, anyway, so today I am, I am so grateful. Um, I'm grateful for this meeting, and I'm really grateful for Alcoholics Anonymous. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Lisa. Okay, who would like to share on this second paragraph that was read? Tina S. Shannon S. Shannon S. Libby. Larry. Larry. And I heard someone else. Libby E. Libby E. Fen B. 
Zen B. Anyone else? Okay, let's go with those five. Tina S, Shannon S, Larry K, Libby E, and Zen B. Go ahead, Tina. Thanks, Katie, for your service. Tina S, Compulsive Eater Anorexic in Florida, and uh, what a great share. Thanks so much. You know, I I, I, I want to say ditto to the, to the share, and one of the things I, I like about this is that, you know, we are people who normally would not mix, and so true because I think we are so much alike that, you know, we'd been clashing big time. And, uh, you know, one of the things that is a saving grace for me is that the message you have of recovery has reached larger numbers, you know, instead of just men and same classes, you know, and again, you know, just repeating, and we are so diverse today. And, and I'm really grateful that that's the case, you know, and, you know, one of the things that I like about my community is that the younger people come here, you know, I, I was uh, 34 originally when I came to Overeaters Anonymous, and uh, I was 41 in my absent date, and today I'm 58, but the younger people that come have an opportunity, you know, which uh, for whatever reason, probably because I wasn't ready, I, I did not have until a, a later age, but I certainly was able to relate when I got here because I already had the story, you know, I already had the experience of just being beaten down by, by food, whether I was eating it or not, eat it, not eating it, it didn't matter, you know, my way were not my ways were not working and so the way of um, the 12 steps and Alcoholics Anonymous and Overeaters Anonymous if I work the steps does work one day at a time and so so very grateful and um and so ready to you know pass this thing along just like the people did for me which is what a gift what a gift and with that I'll pass thanks Thank you so much, Tina S. Okay, Shannon S., you're up, followed by Larry K. And we are reading, um, we are focusing our comments on the second paragraph read, which is on XXIII, that starts with, as the message of recovery has reached large numbers of people. Thank you. Shannon S., please press star one to unmute. Hey, guys, can you hear me now? Yes, we can. All right. Buenos dias, guys. This is Shannon F., as in Frankenstein, Um, because if I'm not working the 12 steps, that's what I look like. Um, But um, what comes to mind regarding the word literature is I was always so overwhelmed by all the different modes of literature when I came into the program. And of course, um, being the natural addict that I am, I'm going to avoid what's in the solution. Um, And I would go to all the different meditation books. I would go to all the different pieces of literature, everything but the big books, of course, because the answer's in there. And my disease doesn't want the answer. Um, So I found that once I started to really um, dive into the value of the big book, um, I had a bit of a mini spiritual awakening or at least a light bulb moment from God that went on. Um, in my my field of work, uh, I've learned and been trained how to sense like energetic vibrations with my hands to be able to help people feel better. Anywho, I was starting to wonder, like, what if I could actually 
feel what the energetic power is, physically feel it, and just hold that book in my hands. And it felt like I had a like um, this battery in my hands. I mean, the pulsations from the actual text was just unreal compared to what I normally feel for other things. Um, and I, the mini awakening moments was like God starting to say, like, yeah, think of all the history that has been the energy that that, that has put into this text with every book that is printed. There is power by just even starting to hold that in our hands and starting to focus in on it. So, you know, it was like holding a huge rose quartz crystal in my, my hands because, like, this book is really about us to get back to feeling at the energy of love again, basically, so that we can love ourselves and love other people, grow this brotherhood and this fellowship. Um, so that was just kind of like my mini aha moment. And I love reading about, like, how this literature came to be and the 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 story behind it because there's a lot of power through knowing the history and really what it took to get this going and how much of a difference that made once this was printed how much of a shift that made for everybody that just having this these concepts put down in black and white ink um being channeled from the people that you know put this into words it's, it's really powerful um so you know whatever way works for you, I, I would just encourage to have maybe that mini awakening moment is to just hold this book in your hands and just meditate on like what beauty is really behind the history of it and have that connection. Um, so that's what comes to mind. I'm so grateful that, um, you know, people that were just as crazy as I was channeled their craziness for a good cause and got this book made so that I can, um, get out of my selfishness and get into being a um, selfless or at least more selfless style of person. So with that, I pass. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Shannon F. Okay, Larry K., you're up, followed by Libby E. Good morning, Katie. Uh, thanks for your service, Larry K., recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. So when I read here, uh, you know, the words that, you know these uh, uh, these these stories um, added to the you know to the addition represent a membership whose characteristics of age, gender, race, and culture have widened and have deepened to encompass virtually everyone and the first hundred members could have helped to reach. And you know it just reminds me, and it's kind of why I believe this this is divinely composed because there was really there was no way. The early pioneers, certainly Bill and Bob and the early folks, uh, could have envisioned just how this mushroomed. You know, they, 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 they certainly were hoping that people could begin to get their lives back and begin to recover and put alcohol down. But, I mean, gosh, here we are in 2016, almost 2017, you know, and, and what, a, what a privilege it is, the opportunity to talk to people from, they're, they're, you know, from all around the world, different continents, Africa. Russia, uh, you know, Australia, the Middle East, uh, just everywhere. And and what a and, and by the way, these people, you know, they have different manifestations of this disease. It's not just compulsive readers that I talk to. I talk to alcoholics. I talk to people with all varied uh, 
manifestations of the disease of self, the spiritual malady. See, that's what I see it as. I, did, I didn't come in knowing that. I came in believing that I had, I thought food was my problem. It makes me smile and laugh today because I know that food was, you know, as we hear, food was the solution to my problem. It was the tool that gave me ease and comfort. It was the only tool that I had to cope with life. So now when I talk to other people, it doesn't matter what their manifestation of their disease is. These steps can produce a essential psychic shift, a change, a restructuring, if you will, where, there, where we're, we have the privilege of being brought into alignment with the higher power, not of my higher power, that'd be a heck of a thing, higher power of your own understanding. And it's so far reaching. And because it works, because it works, that's the reason why um, it has grown. And it's, uh, it's a miracle. It's a miracle today. So very grateful to be on the line with that. I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Okay, Libby E., you're up, followed by Zen B., and then we'll open it up for more people. Hi, I'm Libby E., Recovered Compulsive Eater in New York. As the message of recovery has reached larger numbers of people, it has also touched the lives of a vastly greater variety of suffering alcoholics. You know, this sentence motivated me to share this morning because for a very long time, I didn't want to accept that I'm a compulsive eater. And I worked really hard to fight this disease and to try not to be one. And it says here that this message of recovery has touched the lives of suffering alcoholics. And for me, it was the suffering that convinced me that, yes, I have this disease. And you know what? It will never go away that once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. And, you know, I never thought it can get that bad. It wasn't any more bad just losing weight. This disease affected every single area of my life. I was miserable and depressed, and boy, was I suffering. And um, these 12 steps have saved my life. I'm so grateful for the message of recovery because it was on this line that I heard exactly what I need to do to get well. I heard over and over and over again that this is a program of action, that if I will do this work, not just listen to lots and lots of meetings, and not just pray about it and then do nothing, and not depend on a recovered sponsor. Like if I work with her, I'll for sure get this. But if I will do the work, I, too, will be free of this mental obsession. And I'm someone who suffered in these rooms for seven years. I kept relapsing over and over again, and I saw no way out. And, you know, the fact that I'm living in the solution today is clearly God doing for me what I could never do for myself. This message of recovery is a God-given miracle. Thanks for allowing me to share, and I pass. Thank you so much, Libby. Okay, Zen B, you're up. Hi, my name is Zen, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling from London. Um, I feel very blessed that the message of recovery reached me because I needed hope. I did not want hope. I needed it because I was suicidal in the disease. I mean... My life was like a, a, a black tunnel, and the 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 overwritten anonymous is my light. It's the only light that works for me. I wasn't alone. And when I entered my first room, 
There were women all ages, always men. The fellowship in London is super strong, and I couldn't, I couldn't talk. I just cried and cried and cried because I knew that was the end of loneliness for the first time of my life. And I'd like to talk as well about the stories because when I came in the room, I didn't really understand the steps basically and the tradi- tradition, and I was. Um, I wasn't open to this good thing, but the stories, I could hear in the stories that people were, were get, getting from a chaotic life to serenity, and I wanted that. And these stories made me stay in the room and come back no matter what, because I was sick and tired of my crazy life, of my craziness, that people could just tell me, you're so skinny, you have no no issue, and I just wanted to die. I wanted to die. If the number was going too high, for me there was, and I was almost envious of people who were obese because they had the courage to go in a place I would never go. I would die, but I would never, I would never gain weight. Thank God I'm not there today. This, this life is amazing. It has nothing to do with the scale. It has nothing to do with the way I look. It's about doing my higher power will on earth, being loving, lovable, I mean, enjoying people's smiles. It's not about sugar. It's about everything else, basically. So I feel extremely blessed uh, that I have been witched by the message and by OA. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dan. Okay, we are on page XXIII. We've read two paragraphs. The last two are, are not the last two paragraphs, the middle two paragraphs of that um, reading. Who else would like to share on the paragraph? Barbara B. Irini. Barbara B. Okay, Leah M. Not Leah M. Barbara Leah. B. Leah. Barbara B. Yes. Barbara B. Or someone else. Irini. Anyone else? Reggie O. Lois C. Danielle O. Okay, Danielle. Lois C. Danielle O. This is Reggie O. I don't know if you heard me or not. Yes, I got Reggie O. Great, thanks. Anyone else? Okay. So I have Leah S., Barbara B., Irini. M, I believe, Reggie O, Lois C, and Danielle O. Go ahead, please, Leah F. Thank you very much, Katie. Thank you, everyone on the line. This is tremendous. This is so, so huge for me. Talk about literature. Um, Literature, I love to read. I love to write. And I could consume novels and, and books and stuff. Anyway, I was told to to read through the big book, and there's nothing interesting in there. And then when I got a sponsor, and my sponsor told me, you know what, start with these stories in the back and see how you can relate, not to the story, but to at least an incident or something that some other person had gone through so that I could keep my... And because the desperation was there, but I needed I needed more. And you don't grasp this program immediately. And um, 
And that's how I started, slowly but surely, because the literature just is there. It's on black and white, and it's the truth. And if you really, really are looking for that truth, you will find it, as I have. And there are so many miracles occurring in my life that I could never have maneuvered myself. And every time I open the book, the big book, and I look for something, I find my answer right there. This is really, really divinely inspired. I I thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Leah. Barbara B., you're up. Thank you. This is Barbara B., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Massachusetts. And when I look at this morning the phrase, our membership, whose characteristics, so on, have widened and have deepened. Well, I'm looking back at the fact that my world itself widened and deepened as a result of the program, as a result of recovery and the connections with the human race. And I was recalling as I was thinking about it when. Uh, we went to Paris, and I went to an English-speaking big book meeting in Paris. Connections with not only the stories in the book, but the stories with the people. When we went to London, I went to an OA meeting in London and connected to those people. It was like the, the stories they came alive. It, I could go on. When we went to the Big Island in Hawaii, the same thing. Uh, The widening and the deepening of the growth of OA, um, if I'm going to parallel it somewhat with AA, uh, occurs. I could go anywhere in the East United States. If I'm in Santa Fe, I can go to the basement of a hospital and go to an OA meeting. If I'm on Sanibel Island in Florida, I can go to a church room and go to a meeting and connect with the people because the membership widens and deepens as long as I myself follow the program Uh, and widen and deepen. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, uh, Barbara B. Irini, you're up. Thank you, Kat. Thank you, Katie, for your loving service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M. from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. The message of recovery has reached larger numbers of people. What is this message? The message is that I can't and God can. The message is about connection to God, ourselves, and others. It's about carrying hope and light for others and allowing to be carried by God. So when we're connected and we strengthen our relationship with God, when we meet God halfway and do our part, then by the grace of God we gain unshakable inner stability to meet the challenges of life. You know, to get out of our strongholds, you know, to be set free from our compulsive overeating and other temptations. It's it's having that inner life that matches an outer life of behavior and actions. 
And there's really no need to dissect it and comprehend it in our minds because we can't. So we have to let go of that. And what we need to do is just accept it as a gift and use this gift. And thank you, God, for Bill and Dr. Bob. I mean, they were perfect examples of recovery, of carrying the message. They did their part. They met God halfway. And God had carried them up to the present. They're in our hearts today. They're alive here with us today. And we'll continue for those to come in the future because it is God's vision that we stand on, not our own. And how is that possible that the first 164 pages has never been changed, improved or edited or corrected or brought up to date? How is that possible? It was untouched because the truth never changes. And these words in this first 164 pages speak the truth, which is the breath of God. And this is why this book comes alive for us and so attractive and yummy because it's the truth and the truth always sets us free. And it's available to all of us, different cultures and professions and genders because the spiritual principles are universal and it's all-inclusive and never, never, never exclusive because it's God's plan and it's his path that we stand on. And we can live a freedom from bondage itself, living a life of happy, joyous, and free. And thank you, God. I pass. Thank you, Irini. Reggie O., oh, you're up, followed by Lois C. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for your service, and uh, good morning, everybody. This is Reggio. I'm in uh, Southern California and gratefully recovering today. And just so, uh, I, I, it amazes me how I feel when I get up this early. And actually, this is the first thing I hear is the message on this line, and that's that's what this passage talks about. You know, the message of recovery, and you know, the message of recovery is, you know, how to find a power greater than myself who can, uh, that can do for me what I was never able to do for myself. And, and the steps are the way. And, uh, and, you know, I was sitting here thinking about, I can remember the very first time I ever remember eating compulsively. And it was, um, I think I was around four or five years old. And, uh, and I was eating compulsively to get myself into a different experience. You know, I wanted to rise above the the, the emotions that I felt at that time. <clears throat> and uh, and and my my this disease for me, my compulsive eating, you know, I will say has been to, you know, I've been seeking, I've been seeking a, a solution to my everyday problems, to my you know growing discomfort at being myself in the world to social situations to you know just those feelings that I couldn't handle so I was actually seeking some power outside of myself not knowing it to to transform my reality except the you know the the solution I was accepting or that I was using just got me deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into this hole you know and then it's like the 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 passengers you know on a shipwreck I mean yeah, boy, there's there's really something about, you know, finding out that there are other people out there whose lives have to some degree been shipwrecked like, like mine was from the results of looking for a power that wasn't the power I was actually seeking. And uh, But then, you know, yeah, the, I can relate to all those people in the shipwreck, but what really, really binds us, what really, really binds us is the solution, you know, the solution, the message in this book, the message that we hear on the meeting, the message just carried from one, you know, compulsive eater, one alcoholic, one, you know, you name it, who has the spiritual spiritual malady. And, 
you know, and and now to find a a power, a, a true power greater than myself, you know, that's deep down in the heart of every person, every man, woman, you know, that that is not exclu- that's not exclusive to anyone of any religion, of any faith, color, lifestyle, gender, you name it. I mean, that higher power is all inclusive and and it is a power greater than myself and greater than all of us. And, you know, I just, I, I coming together, you know, coming together with people like this, there, there's a common language. It is the language of the heart, whether it's in a social situation, whether it's on a meeting. And, uh, and the vision, yeah, and absolutely visionary from, you know, one or two women and, you know, 90-something men to people all over the world and every, you know, in every country of every color, religion. It's it's really quite amazing and uh, and exciting. They had a fire in their heart, I think, these first 100 that they wanted to get out to the world. And I want to be sure to keep this fire alive in my heart, you know, and I can do that by, by being here and listening and going deeper and uh, carrying the message. So that's, uh, thank you. Thank you, Reggie. Lois C., you're up, followed by Danielle O. Hi, this is Lois C. in Minneapolis. May I be heard? Yes. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater and bulimic, and I am just struck by how important the big book is in my recovery. I came to the 12 Steps five years ago, but didn't come to the big book until about nine months ago. And it has absolutely transformed my life. And I love this portion of the big book talking about how literature is a phenomenon. My recovery is phenomenal. I had an opportunity to watch a video at the height of my illness just a week ago. It brought me to tears to see how ill I was. Somehow I have not totally recognized how much this book and the fellowship and the 12 steps has transformed my life until I saw that video in color and in action and words to see how very ill I was. And as much as I attempted to work the 12 steps in my recovery prior to coming to the big book, it pales in comparison to what I've been able to reach in a spiritual awakening through the big book. It has been a phenomenal transformation for me. Today, because of the 12 steps, this book, and the fellowship of all of you, I can not only feel the sunlight of the Spirit on my face, I can feel it in my heart. I feel like I have an opportunity today to share this message with so many people. But I feel compelled this morning to share that with people who are listening who have not embraced the big book. I feel shy, if you will, about talking about how important the big book and how this has transformed my life. But on the other hand, I feel compelled to say something because I know that there are people listening who are still wondering, can this really be a solution for me? And I just want to urge all of you that it can. The solution is right here in the pages in front of you. And so I urge you to set aside your skepticism and to dive in with this wholeheartedly. I just want to thank everyone for the opportunity to share and for your service, and I hope that you can feel the sunlight of the Spirit on your face today, too. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lois. Danielle O., you're up. Hi, everyone. Thank you. Uh, my name is Danielle O. I'm a eater. 
And this has been a really good move for me as far as coming to this meeting. I'm, I'm really appreciating everything I'm hearing. When I think about the diversity and the way that this movement of Alcoholics Anonymous and Overeaters Anonymous and all the 12 steps have brought us to where we are today, it's just a miracle, really. I, I was one of many people in my family couldn't recognize that I had a solution. But I was the one who actually reached out and asked for help. But I had to come to a desperate place. And when I did, I, you know, and I asked for help, you know, most people weren't saying, well, you're not uh, young enough, you're not old enough, you're not you know, big enough, whatever. They were, they were, they were absolutely with their hands and hands open, going to help. And I've had such a, a, an amazing journey of sponsorship, and the people who have come into my life and, and the relationships that I've, I've gained, and from all very different backgrounds, which is what I think makes this fellowship so rich. <clears throat> but the common bond comes back to that piece where I'm. A compulsive overeater, and I need help. And without you, I, I'm not going to recover very well. I can still read the book and 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 you know make that come alive, but I need to hear what other people are saying about that book. And in particular, this part, you know, the diversity and the people who usually would not admit. You know, I I was I I ended up very isolated in my addiction, and to to actually come out of that and to see that other people were were living and managing their life okay and, and fairly happy. You know, I wanted what they had. I just didn't know how to go about it. Uh, you know, I wanted direction, but I wasn't always willing to listen. You know, so I felt like I was kind of stuck in a lot of places in my, in my early accident. But somehow I knew that this 12-step miracle was going to work because I've seen it work before, and I knew... I knew it was possible because it worked in other places in my life. I just had to now apply it in the, with this food, you know, the one that I was so um, desperately attached. You know, I, I look back at my, my abstinence and um, I'm very grateful that the people who came into my life have given me, you know, their recovery and their way and their time because it is not a spiritual place of uh, abstinence that is really just unbelievable. I get to wake up every morning and have a life. You know, I get to be a wife. I get to be a mom. Those are things I did not think I would ever have when I first got abstinent. Didn't see it. Didn't think I was going to get it. However, God saw fit. But it happened, and it shifted. So thank, thank God, you know, that, that, that uh, psychic change happened. And I don't have to be uh, fighting everybody and everything. So thank you, everyone, for being a part of my abstinence today. Have a great day. Pass. Thank you, Danielle. Okay, we have time for some more shares on this um, middle paragraph on page. Linda um, Charles R. H. Leah M. Okay, Linda R. Charles H. Nessa R. Okay, Nessa. Okay, um, sorry, I'm I'm just not writing very fast. Linda R., Charles H., Leah M. And Good morning. R. Can you hear me? Oh, sorry. Who are you? Linda R. I'm just, I thought yes. you wanted me yes. to go. No, okay. not yet. Good morning. Um, oh, okay. Okay, sorry. just one moment. Okay, so that's the four people. And yes, go ahead, please, Linda R. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service today. It's Linda R., recovered 
in South Florida and very grateful. You know, talking about the literature of the program, like when I came in a long time ago, I, you know, I read most of the, you know, the meditation books in the morning. I read the big book. I read the 12 and 12, you know, all the, book, the books that were on the table in the OA room. And I really must give credit for that. All the years that I did delve into the literature, it was really very helpful. And today, you know, I use the big book as my main source. And, but I do use the 12 and 12 of AA as well because it does clarify some of the steps for my sponsees. But I want to talk about the big book and how when I really um, started to really use it as a textbook and really study it with other fellows, I really got in touch with something that I never realized before all the years. I knew in the doctor's opinion that I had the physical allergy to various foods that I had to put down but I was never aware of the mental obsession that ruled my life and ruined my life. So I wanted to just share that, that now I really work more on the awareness with my higher power of that mental obsession that just hits me. Just like we talk about the blank spots of the food, the mental obsession is a blank spot too. And a lot of times I'm not aware. You know, I do get that rid, that restless irritability and discontent. But in the big book, Time and time again, it has given me the solution for that, you know, to just turn my life over to something greater than myself and to just work the steps and the maintenance steps are really also crucial. And I would never have known this unless I really studied the big book. And I'm giving a lot of credit to vision because vision to me is an in-depth study of the big book and it's really lighting the path for me and others with this awareness of the mental obsession and the physical allergy. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Okay, now we will have Charles H. followed by Leah M. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. I was compelled um, by God to share this morning. Thank you, moderator, for your service. And I want to jump out the plane. No parachute. I just want to jump right out the plane on this on this uh, line. These words proved to be far more visionary than um, the first hundred could uh, envision. And I'm paraphrasing because I'm not a historian. I don't care about being a – I'm just a pebble on the beach, and I'm just grateful um, that somebody, somebody like me could recover, you know, years later because of this textbook. And, you know, I, I, you know and, and I want to um, answer – all the questions right now on the second hour, right now, with three words. Recover, recover, recover. You know, and, and that's that, that. For me, that's just the answer. Recover, recover, recover. You know, these words are visionary. You know, somebody like me, so selfish, so e- egotistical, so mean, didn't care about you, didn't care about nobody, didn't care about me, uh, to, 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 to be a part of such a, 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 a beautiful movement, a, a movement. It ain't, you know, I tell people about this meeting not because we want popularity or we're trying to fill the pubes up. No, because I want, I want to be, uh, you know, the highest position, the highest position is, is, is being a servant. And I want to be a servant. I'd rather, I'd rather kiss you. I'd rather, kiss, I'd rather hurt you with the truth than kill you with a lie. You know, in, in my and in, in we talking about backgrounds and all that stuff. In my background and in my ethnic, ethnicity, you know, we love people with food. We kill each other with 
food. We love you. Thanksgiving, we love you. Christmas, we love you. You know, every gathering, we got to have a bunch of food. And when you're leaving here, take this plate. Why don't you take this plate, right? You know, you know thank God. Thank God for these visionary words, man. It's not even about the food. You hear people on the line not even talking about the food. Because I tell you, I'm going to close with this. Yesterday I went ballistic. Like I didn't have no recovery on these sprint people. And I'm here to tell you that I called them back when I cooled down and I did a 10-step. I said, I want to talk to operators such and such. I really want to apologize and make amends for the way um, I acted. I acted like I had no recovery. I acted like I had like a pizza pie in my mouth with a three-liter soda hanging around. So with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Charles H. And Leah M., you're up, followed by Nessa R. Thank you very much, Katie. As the message of recovery has reached larger numbers of people, it has also touched the lives of a vastly greater variety of suffering alcoholics. You know, this message of recovery uh, touched my life and has transformed my life I don't know about your disease, but I can certainly tell you about mine, uh, that this disease beat me to a bloody pulp. Um, You know, I didn't understand this disease fully. I didn't understand the depth to which it would grab me by the roots of my hair and drag me. Um, And I came here uh, ready to learn. I came here because I didn't want to die. I also came because I didn't want to live in the way I once lived, because I lived in a way that was absent of a quality of life. My suffering in this illness was the invitation to a transformation. Through enough suffering and through enough pain and through enough degradation that broke me down, um, I was uh, blessed to sit across from someone in whom the problem had been solved who carried this specific message of recovery. Because this text uh, was written, uh, it represented the collective voice and heart and conscience of those who had pioneered this program, and thank God it was penned, and thank God it was here uh, for someone to crack open the text and bring it to life for me through their own personal experience. And the beauty and the excitement, you know, I get excited when I'm on this line every morning, and it's not that I'm excited about me. And it's not that I'm excited to talk. I'm excited for us. I'm excited about what is possible because there's no borders in a 12-step program. The spiritual chain reaction that grew from Bill W. to Dr. Bob and Akron has strengthened countless of alcoholics and, thank you, God, countless of compulsive overeaters in cultures as diverse as unimaginable. In one day, I can speak to someone in Australia, another in Israel, another in Russia, uh, and variety of uh, states across our nation, and we are all standing in harmony on the same solution, and that is the beauty. Because if you don't ha- know where you're going, <laughs> any road will get you there. But I wanted to be recovered, and so there was a specific path that I needed to follow. And many people consider that path, the program of recovery, the 12 steps, one of the greatest miracles of the 20th century. There's no telling how many lives have been touched by the 12 steps. Because I don't know about you, but I thought food and weight were my problem. I needed to get an education, and I got that education through the big book. The the big book and someone who... 
whom the problem had been solved, I'm wrapping up, taught me that I could find a way to live where my mind wouldn't lock in on that sense of ease and comfort that came at once by eating a piece of food. And that process is called recovery, and that's what this is all about, and it's here for everyone. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Laya M. Nessa R., you'll be our last share this morning. Thank you. Oh, I'm so lucky, uh, and don't forget about Canada. Um, my name is Nessa R., recovered in Toronto, Canada. I want to talk about the word literature because, and I may be wrong, but I think that the word literature here really refers to the big book. And, you know, we have a proliferation of literature nowadays, um, some of which actually contradicts uh, what is written in the big book. But there's also some very good pieces of inspirational information. And when I came into the program, I was told, buy this, buy that, buy this book, read that book, read it every day. And I bought everything, all the daily readers, the OA 12 and 12. I also bought the big book, which I quickly put aside because the language was outdated. I found it old-fashioned, chauvinistic. Um, and I just um, continued on with, with the rest of the literature. And, and these are the issues that, that I found. I mean, it's like uh, probably part of the reason why for the first nine years um, I not only didn't recover, but I didn't. I wasn't really able to string any any meaningful um, abstinence or any meaningful honest abstinence. Um, you know, inspirational messages are nice, um, but an inspirational message never really spurred me to action. It never really lasted very long. And another issue with inspirational messages is they don't they they may inspire me, but they don't tell me what to do. Okay, so I'm inspired, but now what? I want to do something because I'm in pain, but now what? Um, and that is the difference between all the literature out there and the big book. The big book, which I guess I had to be taken through by somebody who knew and understood um, the language of the big book, who, who was able to guide me through the definition of the problem, um, the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind, the definition of the solution, um, you know, a spiritual experience that would result in a transformation and the actions required on my part to take me there. Um, you know, that's how I recovered, not from the inspirational messages, which never really lasted very long. Um, you know, this is the beauty of the big book. This is why it, it is so essential. And this is why I believe that the word literature here in this particular reading really refers to the big book because this is what tells us, okay, what do you need to do? Um, you know, I don't need to be inspired. I need to be guided because um, I, I found a lot of this inspiration was, you know, no more than just frothy emotional appeal. You know, it made sense. Uh, it sounded smart. It sounded intelligent. It sounded reasonable. But then what? Nothing. Nothing. Just more of the same low-grade misery. Um, it was the big book who, um, that, that told me really, okay, do this, do that, and this is where you'll get, which is um, to the state of recovery um, where I am now, and I've been for almost five years, uh, and I am so grateful, and with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Nessa. Okay, well, thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. Um, Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Deanna B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
Thank you, and thank you for your service. Uh, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.